Hello and welcome to the Hey Mama podcast. Supporting women to make soul-centered and heart-driven decisions in motherhood. Going back to basics, changing our stories and trusting ourselves. I'm Emily. And I'm Annabelle. Hey Mama. Hello and welcome to today's episode. We are continuing our discussion on talking to children about death. It's Joanna. So Joanna is a Perth psychologist and co-author of a new audio book, The Child's Guide to Death. So after losing her younger teenage sister to suicide, she's dedicated her life to helping people who suffer with grief, loss and the effects of developmental trauma. So welcome, Joanna. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yay. It's so great to continue this session. We found really important and something that uh, is so scary for people to talk about so why not put it on a podcast and get it out there (laughs) um, (laughs) and just say the word death a million times for the last two weeks Um, yeah (laughs) so start off by just telling us a little bit more about you and how you've kind of got you are today right well I mean I was born in 1985 (laughs) (laughs) Um, no how did I end up in this space completely by accident in some ways but looking back on I guess my history and what I've been through in my life um, it turns out it probably wasn't um, by accident but basically um, it all started with my niece Charlie my little five-year-old niece Um, she started asking all these questions about death because uh, my cousin Michelle her mom and uh, the co-author of this book um, she had lost her mum to cancer and also her grand her granddad as well. And Charlie was around, well, f- not for mum, her mum dying, uh, but for grand granddad dying. And so she was aware of it and she started asking questions. And so mm-hmm. basically it began this kind of process of Charlie asking questions at that time just before you go to sleep. You know, that's when she'd hit, or hit Michelle with all of the big questions. Mm-hmm. And she'd be texting me, Auntie Joey, and going, Joey, what do I say? (laughs) And so that began a parallel conversation uh, between me and Michelle about how do we navigate this and actually facing our own reactions to some of the questions she did ask um, and some of the concepts and actually even wondering what, like, what is the answer to some of these questions? Mm. And so eventually that's that's what led to the creation of this book because we thought, I bet there's so many more parents out there who are having this issue and just don't know how to deal with it. And, of course, because I'm a psychologist, I also have a lot of training in attachment and child development. So I did my best to draw on all that as well. Um, in trying to figure out how can we sort of create a story that really helps children in a developmentally appropriate way, which means it's not too far above or too far below what they can understand. Yeah. And I mean, I know we're going to kind of like get into all this today and like that, the language and things like that, because as you said before, it's really our own feelings around death and our own kind of fears and things like that, that make these conversations difficult. Mm. Yes. And it could be kind of two, there's two sides to it. So 
one is it our reactions as the adults and the other side is what is the child's reaction to even the context of their question so you know are they afraid you know are they really afraid and that we're resonating with that and as adults or as parents um our protective instinct kicks in and you know that so there can be both those sides to it oh for sure I mean I would say that yeah, you definitely want to protect them. And that's why I think we use this sort of flowery language and we skirt around it. And we're also protecting ourselves as well. I think in that, like we are, there's obviously emotion there for us or things that we perhaps haven't confronted. And it's just such a big, beautiful topic to be talking about because you can heal so much of yourself while also sharing the reality of death. Just yes. meaning that someone has lived, something has lived, has been here. It is just a part of the the circle of the life experience that we're having. And I thought that the book was fantastic. Um, I really did. I really did. It was so well, like everything that you said, I was like, but then what does that mean? And you, then you explained it so perfectly that it was just like, ah, yeah, okay. That's so just exactly what it is. And that's what we need to get at, right? It's just exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's really kind of you. Um, and I suppose what I would say to that is there's a lot of hours of workshopping and sort of really thinking about the words because mm. most of all people struggle to find the words um, and to distill con- concepts into something very, very simple in terms of language is incredibly difficult. Um, It takes a lot of time and a lot of um, understanding of language and communication and development. So, yeah, I'm really happy that that was something that that you really took out of that. Yeah, definitely. I I really enjoyed it. And, And I think that this is why this is such an important topic to bring up is it's because it's just going to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Like for everyone, for every child. And we need to talk about it more, more openly, more really, and not be so afraid of it, I think, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. And it's also about um, embracing your own fear Mm. as well, is like leaning into my fear and being curious about what what is that? What is that Mm -hmm. that just happened to me when I heard that word or I thought about that idea? Yeah, I know when you talked about, you know, dead bodies go to the morgue and then I was like, oh, my God, all the dead bodies in the morgue, that's so sad. And, mm. you know, it's it's okay to be sad as well about it. And, yeah. oh, yeah, they do get buried in the ground and that means that they're under the ground. And, yeah, that's also really can be a bit sad <laughs> and you yeah. won't be able to see them and hold their hand and we're allowed to share our sadness. So I suppose another question I had was like, then how do we say like, you know, this person died who was special to me and I was really sad as well. Like, <laughs> I think I'm curious about that. <laughs> you know what? I think the exact words you just used yeah. were perfect. You know, and it's because it was coming from your heart. It was very mm. much attuned to what exactly is happening for me. And, and you really just mm. describe that in the perfect language for a child to understand, which is straightforward. Right. Yeah, I suppose in that sense that we're also, yeah, really nurturing our own inner child as well when we say those things and we speak it out loud. 
um because that's kind of like a part of us that probably needs that as well and I think that's why this simple language is really great for for parents too (laughs) yeah exactly and look at the other end of that there's also aspects of us that sometimes might feel um, the need to use metaphor or figurative Mm -hmm. language to kind of distance ourselves from something Mm -hmm. that's really uncomfortable Mm. Yeah. For example, yeah. you know, instead of using the word dead or dying, um, you know, they've gone to sleep, they've gone into the, the sky or just those other kinds of metaphors that people might use. Yeah. And, and really like <laughs> saying like they've gone to sleep, like is a little bit scary, right? Like, yeah, if a child right. can go to sleep and then they might be dead it's like a parent or whoever thinks they might be doing the right thing by saying that but surely it's kind of the opposite well yeah I mean there's there's a lot of fears that can be created there as in like if I go to sleep am I going to die Mm, if mommy goes to sleep is she going to die yeah things like that Mm. so you know we're trying to protect ourselves we're trying to distance ourselves from that that truth and we're trying to protect them as well but in the end sometimes that just creates more more fear and even mm. scarier ideas that they might have yes yeah yeah so yeah. that's it isn't it that if like this is the way that I am I guess my understanding of how we talk to our children about death is that the more truthful we can be the better because we are then um they are not able to then come up with their own ideas that could be worse or could be scarier or yeah, could cause more fear. Yeah, absolutely. And there's two sides to that as well. There's two layers Mm -hmm. to that. One layer of it is that you're sending an energetic message, for lack of a better term, to the child that it's okay to talk about this. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're also providing them the information that's true and accurate information. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my son is just over two years old, so he is still quite young, although we did have this house spider, right? We had this house spider in the kitchen and it was, I swear it had been there for two years. It just kept coming back. It just was there. We named it Babu. Babu started to die and I could tell it was dying because it was just starting to shrivel up and not move as much. And I was actually getting a bit sad. (laughs) I was like, oh, I think Babu's dying. Babu's dying. And you know, Ollie's like, bitey, bitey. And then Babu died and I wasn't here. My husband was. And um, he's like, oh, Babu died. And I was like, oh, you know, like this was just a, it wasn't a pet. It just became just something that was, I just saw every morning. And he like put it in a toilet roll and put it in the bin. And I was like, no, like I really wanted to (laughs) make this a teaching moment. Like, you know, put him in the garden or something like that but we were just sort of yeah. saying to oh yeah no Bobby's died now Bobby's dead and then he didn't really have any questions because he's still just young but I wanted oh. to try and just be honest like it's yeah the spider has now died yeah <laughs> and then eventually what? I'm sure there'll be questions that will come from that absolutely and really at two that mm. it's it's going to be you know, that that's where you're at is you're just using that mm. c- correct language, but you d- wouldn't really expect many questions to come up because, you know, they, let's be honest, they can barely kind of bring <laughs> a lot of sentences together. Um, right. It doesn't mean that it's not having an impact on them, but generally the impact on that, those really younger children is about the environment. So, you know, how is everyone reacting to the death? Because um, they yeah. pick up any, any differences in connection 
Yes. To the most important people in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. And we've had like a bit of an experience with death in our house kind of fairly recently. You know how things happen all at once? So it was the day that we moved out and it was like, oh, my God, seriously. So we took the boys to see – so it was my parents' dog, which was kind of my family dog growing up, but and but the boys spent a lot of time with Bella and wow. – they, um, I took the boys to see the body and to say goodbye. And, you know, she was wrapped up in a blanket and it was all, it was all like really nice. And my mum started to initially go, it's okay, she's just sleeping. And I was like, no, mum, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> they, know, they know that she's died. Like, we've explained yeah. that we're not going to see her anymore and we're being very honest. And that's why we've brought them to see the body so that it can help them process it. Because, you know, mm-hmm. without them seeing it, I'm like, how can they fully understand the the process of it and how, you know, they're just going to be like, what's going on? One day she was here and the next she wasn't. Um, So, yeah, we took them there and um, they kind of hadn't said much in the morning. They'd they'd been very quiet. I'd cried and I said, and I'd explained on the way there, I was like, I'm going to cry probably even more when I see her. It's going to make me feel really sad because I miss her. And I was trying to explain all of that. And then mm. as soon as my five-and-a-half-year-old saw the body, he just burst into tears and he was so upset and then it kind of turned to anger and he was punching yeah. me and, you know, kind of held him through all of this big release. But then once that was done, it that's kind of been it for him. Like he just released it and let it pass where my three and a half year old he just looked at her at the dog and just was like oh and walked away and then never said anything but Mm. then since that day he'll just randomly will be sitting there and he'll just go die and I'm like yeah okay die tell me more about that and Mm. you know even just yesterday I was sitting on the toilet and he came into me and he said we don't know when we'll die do we and I'm like, no, darling, that's that's the thing about death. You know, we, we don't know when it's going to happen. It could be tomorrow and it could be in 50 years. We just don't know. And then he's like processing it a little bit. But it's, yeah, I just find it really interesting that my five-and-a-half-year-old has said nothing since, but now my three-and-a-half-year-old, he's still asking a bit, but he just wants to know more. It's like he didn't process it fully that day, but he's still, mm. and he's still doing it now. Yeah, and that really speaks to the differences, um, not just related to age, but just personality and just who you, like everybody processes differently um, and shock and numbness can be a huge thing or just not really quite understanding it until you've had a bit of time to think about, oh, okay, and I haven't seen them again and I still haven't seen them again and I still haven't seen them again and then it slowly starts to sink in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So true. I actually remember when my, um, <laughs> one of my pets died and I mean, I was quite young. I was probably seven. My brother was 10 and I was crying and my mom was crying. My brother wasn't crying. I was like, why aren't you crying? <laughs> like, yeah. Even to my mom, I'm like, mom, why isn't James crying? Like, it's really sad. Why isn't he crying? And I mean, maybe who knows what his story was around that, but everyone mm. would process things differently. I just yeah. think that we need, to, we need to not, I think it's important to not try and remove children from reality, which is why I think this is such a, beautiful like the reality of death yeah and what it is is what I'm like referring to um you know that's why I think it is such an important conversation 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the things that people worry about as well is, you know, how much is too much? Yes. Um, you know, that balance between, you know, giving them a lot more than they can handle for their given age and like where they're at versus just not telling them anything and then having absolutely no understanding able to develop about it. Yeah. And I mean, I think the other thing, yeah, is, you know, the, the, what you mentioned in the book is the soul and spirit, like that part of us mm. that never dies, that is energy that is like, you know, everywhere. Um, and then being able to, you know, foster that, like continue that energetic relationship or emotional relationship beyond just their death and how like, yes, you can't hold their hand, like, mm-hmm. and that can be really hard and we can't go to the beach and play with them and, or whatever, if it's a person or a pet, you know, we can't take them for a walk. They won't be there in the morning. Um, but you know, we can still can continue that relationship. Um, and that's why I think it's important to talk about and not be afraid to speak about it. Yeah. And look, there's no, um, there's no one size fits all way to mm. navigate that side of it in terms of, yes, there's some basic facts about what happens to the body when you die, that sort of thing. But, you know, that big question that kids really have on their minds and we have on our minds is, but what happens to that person you knew? you know, like the person themselves, the mind, the consciousness. Yeah. Um, And we obviously wrote it from our own cultural perspective. Right. um, And we just eventually realised when we were writing it that there's no other way that you can do it because you're always situated in a position. You know, we, we grew up with those, those kind of um, spiritual concepts and actually the idea of that spirit or essence of the human being it goes across many cultures, which is why we chose it as the nexus point for that conversation. Yeah, I think it fits really perfectly um, in that sense that I just think that that is actually something that children probably already feel connected to in some Mm. way. If you foster that or let them foster that, they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I get that, of course. Like I can use my mind and use my heart and I'll I'll feel them or whatever. I think it's really natural for them. Yeah, it is. It's probably more natural for them than us. Like we question (laughs) it more than than they do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I want to also emphasise just like play, the importance of play for children learning. Mm. I think that that magical thinking, right, like that ability to connect with the mysteries of the universe is an incredibly important Mm -hmm. part of their development and it's what they need when they're at a certain age as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually think that's a really important point to bring up about play um, as in like playing around with death and dying and killing Mm. because around that age that can be so, so confronting for parents because Mm. straight away they go to, oh, my God, my child is a psychopath. They want to kill people. (laughs) And uh, what have I done? Like I've absolutely ruined them in some way and they're going to end up in jail. Or I don't know. That's just (laughs) obviously an extreme thing. I feel like we do go there. Like it's like we think it's a reflection of parenting. But, um, yeah, that, um, that play around that, like, it's actually so important for processing. And I think especially if you, if the child is going through um, 
an experience of death or dying mm. or illness, you know, um, you know, not necessarily themselves, but someone around them, whether it be a family member or a friend or a pet, you know, and that play is such a safe space for them to actually express oh. it and process it and, you know, mm. play with it, I guess, like literally. Yeah. And look, it's actually that's how children process, you know, mm. like children are not adults and they use play to integrate. Um, they use play to tell stories about what's happening inside of me and to play with ideas. So, you know, like play is what children do. That is their mm. processing. And I just think it's so amazing the impact it has on making space for that. And just even giving that message to the to your child um, energetically, uh, it's okay. Like I'm not worried about this at all. Just you can express all of this. You can explore all of this. And it doesn't mean anything bad about you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's really beautiful. <laughs> I yeah. love that. I love that. So I wondered if maybe you even wanted to give us, like, I know that it's really, um, it makes things easier for people to hear, like, a specific example. I Some kind of example of, you know, how to navigate these conversations with children. Like, I don't know if you have something like that that you could explain or share with us. Yeah, so I guess concrete tips and tricks, which we love a tip and a trick. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Um, number one, I guess, would be answer the questions that your child asks and mm-hmm. don't go beyond that. Yes. That's number one, because that is how you're going to create that boundary for yourself um, so that you don't overshare and yeah. overload them with information. So human beings can only hold in their working memory five plus or minus two items at a time and what that means is that we only have a limited processing capacity just cognitively our brains how they work so we want to just give them what they're asking for and then let them process that and let them come back with what else they want to know yeah and there's I guess that leads me to the second one which I would say let yourself off the hook you don't have to know everything. Yeah. Okay. If you don't know the answer to something, then you can always say something like, I'm not too sure about that, um, but I'm. But let's go have a look or I'll go have a look and I'll get back to you when I can find the information. So in that, when you're doing that, you're modeling, it's okay not to know. You're modeling that, okay, we can go, we can seek information um, we don't have to pretend that we know or hold all of that inside. And then you're also giving yourself a bit of a circuit breaker if you think, oh, my God, I really can't deal with this right now and I don't know how to actually navigate this. Yeah. Yes. No, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, both of those. Like, I think the first one that you said, um, sorry, I know you're probably going to continue, but the first one you said, like, I think that that, like, only answering that one question is so important. And I think that it would be so easy for a parent who's quite nervous about what they're wanting to say to just start rambling on and saying so much more. Or, and, then, and then with the second one, not knowing the answer and feeling like they needed to provide an answer right there and then because Mm. it was such a big question that they would just make something up. So both of those are actually so like amazing, like such an amazing tip to um, give someone who is navigating this. 
Yeah, and that kind of leads me to the last one, which I think is probably even the most important, is reflecting in yourself of what comes up around the questions that your child is asking. You know, I think that's such, like, introspection, being able to understand your own triggers is going to help you um, learn and learn yourself, learn how to regulate yourself, and to have a more heart-centred way of, of sort of talking to kids about these tricky questions. Yes. So basically it's like a plug for therapy. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a good plug. (laughs) But it's so true because I think that, you know, these are just things that have been passed on to us by by parents, by by society, and we can then change what is passed down onto our children in the way that we speak to them. And gosh, there's like I feel like the more that I've gone into this, like, and this hasn't been a long journey for me. Like this has really only been in the last few months that I've even started to think about this and there's so much that's come up and then I'm like oh yeah I feel and as I said to you before like before we started recording I'm like oh yeah like I feel like really okay about this and and speaking honestly about it with my kids and using like correct terminology but then yeah I listened to the audiobook and there was like parts of it that I was like oh that was confronting like even the word morgue made me feel weird That Um, seems to be a universal one because you know what? When Michelle and I were writing it and listening to it back, we were like, oh, Morg, what is it about that word? Just bring something up inside you. Yes. Yeah, that one, it really felt like, oh, and it's like I almost forgot that that's what happens. But, of course, I didn't. Like it's like my brain wants me to forget that that's a part of the process and that, like, there's going to be a dead body in a morgue and it's being, you know, that that's going to happen to me probably one day that there's going to be somebody doing things to me while I'm um, dead in a morgue. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. And I was like, ah, that freaks me out. But it's just more to unpack. Yeah. And it really locates it, doesn't it? It creates a location for it. It's like, this is where the body's going to be yeah. as well. So I feel like there's such an embodiment in that word. And that that's maybe one of the reasons it's quite triggering. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Oh, well, that was just such an awesome chat. I loved it. And I love those tips. So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I'd love now for you to share, you know, where we can find you and what your offerings are and tell us about this amazing audio book that Annabelle and I have just loved so much. Yeah, so um, the, we started an, an Instagram account called How to Talk to Kids About Death. So you can follow us there uh, for more tips and tricks and just sort of sharing the journey, sharing your journey, sharing our journey. Um, I'm also a psychologist in private practice. So, you know, if you are someone who's looking to, to work through some grief or work through this in a more personalized way, um, my practice is called Inner Universe Psychology. So you can look me up there. And, yeah, um, in terms of the audiobook, uh, I'm sure we can arrange to put the website maybe in the show notes or something. Mm, yes, definitely. Yep. So it's on the Her Creative House website and I'll um, get back to you guys on, the, on the, the website perhaps afterwards, yeah? 
yeah, yeah. In, in the show notes. and we'll obviously tag you on our social media post so that it's super easy for everybody to find you and get around all your amazing offerings and everything you share on your Instagram because yeah you share so much valuable content there too so it's really great all right well thank you so much for having me it was such a great conversation and I really have so much respect um, for what you're trying to do here it's just wonderful and I'm really glad for your kids and everyone's <laughs> kids whose parents are listening. Yay. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Hey Mama podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please share with friends and follow our social media pages to keep up to date with the latest episodes. We hope you're having a beautiful day, Mama.